You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. That was a professional opener. I was pretty chipper, wasn't it? Even though you're... You have hardship, even though you you have mm. difficulty. That that was yeah. a professional. People well, don't need to know that you're in this slew of despond. Yeah. But you sounded <laughs> Thanks. professional. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the coffee. <laughs> it's the coffee. <laughs> Or the substances they put into it. I'm not sure. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Not sure. Speaking of resurrected from the dead. <laughs> Every morning. Every, Every morning. morning. Yeah. Somebody asked the question, Randy Dignan asked the question the other day on his Instagram account. He said, um, he doesn't drink coffee either. So he said, do you feel like you have to have it, that you want it, that you need it? And I checked all three. <laughs> well, you know the, the question was the situation down here in Ohio and East Palestine, you know, with oh, the man, yeah. train wreck and everything else, and it's made yeah. world news and things. And so, somebody had tweeted, "Man, the people in Ohio should just tell Biden that they're Palestinians, and he'll give them as much yeah. aid as they want." <laughs> oh man, you're not kidding. He got messed up. He's in Poland when he should have been in Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible what a sad situation oh Man, yeah unbelievable oh, yeah. i feel so bad for those people yeah, they'll never in sell east, that I've property been in east palestine it's not a big place. have you really yeah wow wow i've been in palestine <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, it's rough i've been in palestine and east palestine <laughs> you don't want to stick around in east palestine very much <laughs> yeah you're not kidding there's things blowing up but they're different <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had a great question from Wednesday, and um, interesting question. I should have looked. I forgot to check to see who asked this. I don't know if I can see it on my list here. I'll, as we go through it, I'll look for it again. Uh, some of them, they didn't give their names, so it's hard to tell sometimes. Um, but somebody asked this question. Um, where, did the, those, where did those that were resurrected with Jesus Christ go? Where did they go? There was a scene of over 500 people, people that were okay, resurrected. I've- I preached a message yeah. uh, on that. Uh, well, those that resurrected mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. So the Bible says whenever Jesus cried out that it was finished, that the rocks rent and the graves mm-hmm. were opened. There was a great earthquake, and many of the graves were opened because of the earthquake. And then it says, and many of the saints which slept mm-hmm. arose on his resurrection were seen by many. And so whenever Jesus came back uh, from the, in the resurrection, 
the first time he appeared, he said, touch mm-hmm. me not, for not I have not right. yet ascended. And then what we would consider a few moments later, I don't know whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. I doubt it was mm-hmm. more than an hour. But the next moment that we see that he is seen the Bible says that the women held him uh-huh. by the feet. So if he said, touch me not, I'm not yet ascended. And then later right. they held him by the feet, then he right. must have ascended right. to heaven. And so to understand that, um, I believe that Old Testament people, the souls went into the center of the earth. And I believe that there was a division. There was a great gulf fixed between the two places called paradise or Abraham's bosom and hell, and uh, which which, uh, is the abode of the damned. And that's where the rich man, because Jesus had not died yet. And Jesus said, the rich man in hell lifted up his eyes, and he called up to Abraham. And Abraham said, no, I can't send Lazarus down. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a great goal fix. There's no way that you can come to me or I can go to you. We know that in the Old Testament that Samuel, uh, the spirit of Samuel, came back and talked to Saul. God allowed that. And he he came up from the earth, came Mm -hmm. up from the ground. And I believe that whenever the Old Testament talks about that Jesus, that he led captivity captive, that whenever he rose again from the dead, that all of the saints, everyone who had ever died, who believed and trusted in God for salvation, that they arose Mm -hmm. also because the Bible talks about the order in 1 Corinthians 15 that there is an order, every man in the process, you know, Christ, and then those that were with him, they ascended up to heaven with him. He took them to heaven, and then he came back to the earth within, you know, because time doesn't matter with God. And so he could have stayed there for quite a while rejoicing, but it doesn't sort of compute here Mm -hmm. on our earthly plane. But, uh, and he came back. And so um, I believe that's where the resurrected went because once Jesus actually died. Now, they were kept in paradise because of God making the promise. And they trusted ahead and believed in that promise. But Jesus still had to die on the cross, be buried, and rise again for them to have the opportunity to mm-hmm. go to heaven. And so now, in as New Testament believers, to be absent from the body is to be present right. with the Lord. But in the Old Testament, whenever you left the body, the soul left the body, uh, most people went to paradise. Now, the Bible talks about uh, how uh, the angels carried Lazarus, uh, you know, into the into uh, Abraham's bosom, and so uh, it does not necessarily mean just because Elijah went up into heaven in a fiery chariot that he actually went to heaven itself. He may have gone just to paradise, but I, I couldn't be authoritative on those. But I can say 
that my understanding of the scriptures, that is the process. Yeah, great question. That's from Andrew Skinner, by the way, Andrew Skinner. Um, The takeaway I get from that, and you you nailed it. I mean, I can't really add to that. Um, One of the takeaways I get from that is that those who resurrected were recognizable, and uh, those in Abraham's bosom were recognizable. And those who came from heaven uh, and um, fellowshiped with Jesus Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration or came from um, Abraham's bosom, Elijah and Moses, were recognizable to the disciples. So people ask me all the time, will we know each other in heaven? Absolutely. I think there'll be a recognizable form of us. Uh, The body, you know, once resurrected will be perfect and, you know, we'll have that that physical form as well. But until then, there is something recognizable of the soul and that that life uh, after this life. So kind of neat. Good question. Yeah, I could not tell you authoritatively that Enoch did not go to heaven. And he went to paradise. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't tell you that because I don't know. Right, right. Um, no. And I couldn't be absolutely positive about Elijah. He was caught up in a chariot and you know yeah. went went up, and maybe he just kept going up. I I don't know. I I right. could not I could not tell you, but I do believe the Bible teaches. And of course, there there's not a layout that you can go to. Well, according to Matthew chapter nine, here's exactly mm-hmm. how it all is laid out, but piecing many, many, many verses together. But he led right. captivity captive. And so those yep. captives, they had trusted in God, but they couldn't get they couldn't actually be in the presence of God because the sin sacrifice had not been um uh, uh given right okay that was awesome and you completely exhausted that so i'm gonna leave that i i want to get into something a little deeper oh something a little more complicated okay this is going to take a while to answer okay um did adam and eve have a belly button (laughs) now i've written a lengthy paper on this quite a synopsis um this is from isabella uh, shiloh do adam and eve have belly buttons um, deep thinker, obviously, uh, Isabella, thank you. Uh, I've given this much, much thought. I've written a doctrinal dissertation on it, and the yes. answer is no. Um, they did not. And the reason for that is you need an umbilical cord to join the baby to the mother since God created them. I guess he could have. I Again, we cannot say for sure. I'm kidding, but we cannot say for sure. But I would have to say that my thought would be no belly button. What do you think? Well, I think probably more importantly, we should ask if that little doughboy that gets poked in the mm-hmm. stomach and goes, yes, yes. if he has a yes. belly button. I think that's probably you know, a little bit more appropriate. <laughs> pull, pull your shirt up a little bit and I'll tell you. The Pillsbury doughboy. <laughs> pull your shirt up a little bit and I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they probably did. I yeah. think there was unique. There were things that unique to physical birth, and mm-hmm. so that is unique to physical birth. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that Adam had a scar on his side. You know, whenever the Lord yeah. took the rib out, because right. God does things perfectly. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus. You know, when He healed people, they were completely healed. And so if God closed up the flesh, I don't believe that he'd left a scar. When we close up the flesh 
in surgery, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a right. scar. So, yeah, good. Okay, with that, how old do you think Adam and Eve were when God created them? You know, that's an interesting question, and of it course, is. it's all speculation. Mm-hmm. I believe that they were adults. Yes. You know, because everything that God created was mature. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the the fish could yep. spawn. You know, the, mm-hmm. the fowls mm-hmm. could lay eggs. The trees mm-hmm. and the and the bushes could bloom could bear fruit. and bear right. fruit. And so mm-hmm. it was possible and capable for mm-hmm. Adam and Eve to bear fruit so they would be physically yeah. mature. Which right. really has always brought on the question to me, how long were they in the garden before they sinned? Right, you right. Know, it, I've always yeah. wondered. I, I've always thought it was fairly soon. Mm-hmm. It, it would seem uh, the devil doesn't like to waste much time. It would seem. And, and then the question is, so if all of those were mature, was the earth mature when God created it? Did God create it to look like it was... 10,000, 100,000 years old or whatever, to, to confuse those in science. Um, I, I believe that Could God be. created the world with, with some age to it. Yeah, for sure, some maturity. Excellent. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know. I'd, I would have the same thought because he says to go forth and multiply. And, right. Right, so they had to be of an age where they could do that. So they're either, you know, in their teenage years, later teenage years, or a little bit older. I... We just always picture them as adults. In every picture book, they're adults. But, um, yeah, that would, I think, make sense to me that they had to have some maturity anyways to be able to handle some of the things of life. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, here is question number two. This is from Olivia LaCourt, and she asks, um, what advice would you give to your former self while going through a hardship? Go ahead and take that one, and then I'll jump in. Okay. Um, I would say that don't, don't sweat the little things, um, choose your battles wisely. Most things are not as big as we think when we're going through it. It's monstrous. It's huge. This is the biggest thing in the world. I'm never going to get through this. We get through most everything. There is a solution to everything. Is there hardship and trouble and difficulty? Absolutely. But most people survive everything that comes into this life that's an everyday occurrence. Obviously, if you know the hardship is I'm being robbed and a guy's got a gun and he shoots me, that, that's a little different. But if it's my best friend's mad at me because I looked at her boyfriend um, as a girl, then yeah, um, that's you're going to get over that. Uh, my parents are mean to me. I have a lot of rules. You're going to get over that. All of those things are going to move on. And even while pastoring, there are some things I thought, oh, this is terrible. We're going to divide the church. People are going to leave. People are going to be upset. And a lot of times it didn't work out that way at all. There were times when people did leave. There were times when people were upset. But it was never the major catastrophe that I thought the church is going to implode. We're going to have to close. I guess it does happen to some people. It's never happened to me. But most things, if you handle it biblically and you seek some wise counsel, and you act with some maturity, you can get through most any difficult situation of life. So I would say that. First of all, you have to go to the Lord. You have to seek his wisdom and advice. You have to be in the scriptures. You need to be in prayer. Uh, as a teenager, you need to talk to your parents. Talk to your parents about everything and anything you can. Talk Amen. to your grandparents. 
talk to your grandparents. They've been through it. They have gone through what you've gone through in a different era. And you might think that because they used a wall phone and you use a cell phone that things are different. Those, It's not that different. It's not that right. different. So I would talk to those people, people that have wise same, counsel to give. The things that bothered yes. people in ancient days have always, it's what bothers us today. Right. There's nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes tells us. Nothing new. It's all the same, just replayed in a different time. So I'd say don't sweat the little stuff. How about you? Uh, me, I just th- threw this down. Trust God in it. If you're going through hardship, you're going through trial, trust God in it. He will get you through it. No question. He will get you through mm-hmm. it. Learn from it afterward, after it. So, you know, you're going to get through it. So what did you find out? What did you find out about yourself? What did you find out about God? What did you find out about maybe your weaknesses or strengths? So start working on those, those weaknesses. Then uh, stay faithful through it. So many people in hardship or trial want to just quit. Well, mm. things are hard. Things are difficult. I didn't sign up for this. I'm done. I'm out of here. And mm-hmm. then thank God for it. In everything, give thanks. Uh, for this is the mm. will of God concerning you. And so we, we know by the example of Job that there's nothing that's going to happen in the life of a believer that but what God has allowed it. And our God loves us so much that there is a great reason for what he allows to affect us. And so mm-hmm. uh, trust God, learn from it, stay faithful, thank God. Amen. That's good. All right. Next question comes from David Kumi. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a uh, different spelling. David Kumi. Um What's one thing that you could give us to help us in life? We've already given you a bunch, but is there anything else you could throw in there? Um, one thing that you could give us to help us in life. Sell out to God. Mm-hmm. Give yourself completely to God. He may not want you in full-time service, but be a complete Christian. Just sell out to God. God is worth it. No matter what you think you're sacrificing, you can't do more than what what God has done for you. And every time we think we sacrifice, we're giving something up, then, you know, we we find out, boy, how wrong that we were. I've got an illustration that I gave last Sunday night when I was preaching, and I'm not proud of this illustration, but I remember when I was coming back from Mansfield, Ohio, I had been on staff at Cleveland for, well, maybe about five or six years. And uh, we only had one car, and I blew an engine in that vehicle on the way back from Mansfield. And so I was on 71, no cell phone. Somebody picked me up, drove me to the next rest area. I called my father-in-law, and he got Wally Mosier, and they brought a truck down, and we uh, you know, got the car on the trailer and, and took it back. And I remember while I was waiting on the side of the road for them to show up, and I mean, I, I cried some real bitter tears, and I blamed God. I, I accused God. I'm so ashamed to say, but I accused God that, 
he couldn't be trusted because this thing happened to me. And um, by the time this whole thing came out, we wound up getting a new car. And it wasn't long that we had a second car. And just about our entire marriage since then, we've always had two cars. And it, it was through this terrible situation, and I didn't see any way out of it at all because we didn't have two nickels to rub together. But God used it. And uh, I've thought of that many, many times. I've been embarrassed and ashamed that that I felt that way in my heart to God. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm just thankful that, you know, that was just a great lesson for me to learn that God will always take care of us. Awesome. I've got one last question, and this is not one that we had discussed earlier. I found it. I was going through our list again, and I found it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about it. I'm going to answer first. So this comes from, I, I, again, I hope I say this right. There's some kids going to Heritage Christian School that have some great ethnic names that I just, it's, this is a, a Eastern, Eastern European, I believe. Sofia Visochanska. Visochanska. I hope I'm saying that right, uh, Sofia. She asked this. What are three factors to consider in ministry? What are three factors to consider in ministry? So I'm going to answer. I'll give you some time to think about that because I'm kind of springing this on Brother Wolven. I would say this. The first, the first thing to consider is, is it God? Is what I'm doing, is what I'm hearing, is what I'm planning, is that of God? Is that... I think that's got to be the most important thing. Is it God? Number two, am I right with God? Am I walking with, am I, am I living for God in the way that I should be? You can, in the ministry, do the ministry in the flesh. You can do it. A lot of people do it. You can just say, well, this is what I've always done. You know, we just kind of go through the motions. I think if you're going to do it right, you have to ask that question. Am I right with God? in what I'm doing. In what I'm preaching, am I right with God? Am I witnessing, am I right with God? In my relationship to others, am I right with God? Is our church doctrinally sound? Yes, if I'm right with God. Those are the things. And then the last one be, where is this leading others? Where's this message? Where's this program? Where's this, um, you know, whatever, activity? Where is this leading others? It should be leading others to a closer walk with Christ, while at the same time having some fun, at the same time doing some hard work. Is it leading others to Christ? If it's not, then we're in trouble. So I would say those would be my three things. What do you got? Three factors. First thing that comes to my mind is, um, now abideth faith, hope, and charity. Uh, Faith... Of course, the Bible says that even some of the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. And we've got to realize that the scripture says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So we need to be make sure that everything is Bible-based. That faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we have to be people of faith. And we walk mm-hmm. by faith and not by sight. That's a hard lesson for many people to learn, mm. and I have to continually remind myself of that hope. Yeah. Um, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, 
even as he is pure. Uh, the hope that the Bible talks about is not like uh, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz hmm. clicking her heels together and, you know, crossing her fingers. You know, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Maybe this will happen. Hope mm-hmm. in the Bible is confidence in what God has planned for you. And so whenever we have this hope, it isn't like, well, we have this wish list. No, we, we're looking ahead at heaven. We're looking ahead at the confidence of, I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I can get some rewards in heaven. I need to be laying up treasure in heaven. So every man that had this hope in him purified himself, and he, was here, he is pure. But, of course, the Bible says the greatest of these is charity. Uh, to mm-hmm. have God's love. If I can live in a way that I'm always showing, showing forth the love of God. Now, that, that gets misunderstood today. Love is not weak. Sometimes love is great strength. God created hell because of his love. Because God loves his son so much, he uh, will send souls to hell who reject the beautiful sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And and so, uh, you know, but love, the greatest of these is charity, to be able to have the love mm-hmm. of God, to be able mm-hmm. to live in such a way that you can be godly, you can be godlike. Wow. You know, I think those are good, mm-hmm. three factors that, that would apply probably in every situation in ministry. Yeah. Um, I just checked with my wife, and she said, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. Those are the three <laughs> factors you need to consider always. <laughs> can you get it? Where can you get it? When can you get it? <laughs> That's her answer. <laughs> we actually had somebody contacted her and said, man, I really liked your podcast last week. That was really great. You girls were on there. She goes, I wish I'd known about that steak thing. She goes, we just went through a really difficult time. <laughs> so my wife said, it's never too late to go out and have a good steak and some ice cream. So, <laughs> in the name of Jesus. <laughs> well, another week has slipped by. As, wow, time goes fast. And kids, great thank you questions. again. That that's awesome. Yeah, Young great questions. People, I think what we answered phenomenal questions. Yeah, we answered. I think almost all of them. We might have missed one or two, but I think we got through all the questions the kids had. So we'll move on next week with some other stuff. And uh, just, like I said, it just had some great ones come in. So we'll get to them. Uh, we appreciate them. And uh, we hope that uh, you can use just a little bit of what we're giving to you to help you. So I'm Al Stone. I am in St. Thomas. I am getting ready this week to head on a extended tour of uh, churches and youth groups and camps and all that yeah, kind of we'll stuff this year. Yeah, we'll see you soon. I- yeah, I know. I'm going to be with you. We'll have to do a bunch of recording while I'm there. Yes. And uh, I'm actually going to come down and try and be with you a couple days early. Uh, I'll talk to you about that off air. But uh, oh, yeah, so okay. we could get some serious. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good uh, yeah. time. It's going to be fun. Wow, great. <laughs> I got ice cream. <laughs> okay. Looking forward to it. That's right. We can drive to Cleveland, go to Honey Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Greater is uh, pretty as, close. That's right. 
And as always, uh, thank you for those who are supporting the Canadian Gospel Project. Uh, we're up almost to a hundred thousand dollars of uh, matching one hundred and eighty-six thousand U.S., two hundred fifty thousand Canadian. So uh, great things are happening there. Just finished our brand new twenty twenty-three promotional video. I'll send that to you today, Brother Wolven, and look for that on uh, some of the social media sites. And uh, that is coming. So uh, thank you for a great week. I am so glad to have been able to be a part of your life this week on tim talks well by the time this airs um we will probably be in washington dc for the capital connection mm. and uh, trying to uh, meet up with our legislators and pray with them and pray for them try to encourage the good and godly legislators that we have that and uh, then try to influence those that are mm. not good and godly uh try yeah. to uh, influence them for the things of the lord so please be praying for that and then uh, when I come back, I think whenever I come back that week, you'll be coming mm -hmm. in town. Mm -hmm. So you may beat yeah. me or I may yeah. beat you, but I think we're both coming in town the same day. Oh, I know. I be you. I be <laughs> Mr. Wolfman. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something exciting here on the political front. Uh, somebody gave us the money to mail a general rooms to every member of parliament. Amen. And we just did that. And, Amen. And uh, some, some great things there. So pray that as Should our leaders, especially. make a special cover or it's just basically what you have? No. Same one, but I wrote a personal letter and uh, thanked them for their service and how much we appreciate it. But, man, we want them to use the Word of God as their foundation. And uh, our prime minister would have gotten one of those, and, boy, he needs the Lord. Oh, Amen. boy, does he need the Lord. Please Amen. pray that he'd get saved. He's he's in desperate need of the gospel. That guy's, that guy's in trouble. So pray for us if you would. So thank you again for another great week. We'll be back with you on Monday. Have a great weekend, and uh, serve the Lord, eh? Um, Amen. Just fall in love with the Lord like you haven't for a while this weekend as you serve in your church and uh, have a great time of worship and let's pray for revival let's pray for real Amen. revival in our nations we need it this is the tim talks have a great weekend you've been listening to tim talks taking interest in ministry with new podcasts added each monday wednesday and friday to learn more about your host dr al stone and pastor dan wolven you can visit us at timtalks.com that's t-i-i-m talks.com